0: I know you've enjoyed the ministry uh, of of Brother John yesterday. Both services, um, you know, we couldn't, we didn't make enough CDs. We'll have to make more CDs. Are going, but uh, uh, this service will be also um, on CD um, after the service. So, but give him your undivided attention tonight and receive what God has for you, Brother John Richardson. Come and minister the Word of God to us tonight. God bless you. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise and a shout of triumph. Do do you know, do you know, I didn't know this until after church last night. Apparently, this is not where you regularly attend. I thought you attended here because you were right at home with everybody and seemed to know everyone and they know you. But this is not where she regularly attends church. But she knew we had a need because our worship leader has to work during the week, and so she voluntarily gave of herself and her time to be with us tonight, tomorrow night, and the next. give her a hand of appreciation. And that, that act alone guarantees a powerful service night. I, I want you to know, as, as I always, I, I want to share from my heart that I have not come to be served, but I came to serve. But I have to tell you, it is a delight when you get to serve with a man and a woman like brother and sister Hensley, two of the most gracious, godly people that I know. And, and I don't throw that around. I mean, I, I, I'm not gonna get up and say something that's not true. They truly are two of the most loving, kind, gracious human beings I have ever met I count it an honor and a privilege to serve under your leadership and then all of you many of you I know from a year and a half ago some of you we have just met hopefully I'll get to know you this week but just yesterday your attentiveness your love your just how you listen to every word and we're connected with the message when you're preaching, you don't know how wonderful it is when you see a congregation that is absorbing what the Lord is speaking through you I am the least of God's servants but I am a servant of the Most High God and I endeavor to have a word every night that's for that congregation for that church. and when people plug into it when they receive it when they respond to it that's like saying sing them to a dog the more they amen the more they clap the more they get engaged with it it inspires a preacher when you do that and I want to tell you 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 have been an absolute delight to serve you this week and I know I'm just one person but I'd like to give you a hand of appreciation for your love your attend I mean that for your love your attendance all week and it's just going to build and as I said tomorrow night I know that the Lord gave me a very special message that is so far above my ability, my intellect, what I would know unless God supernaturally revealed it to me through study. It is a divine word from God about God's glory. Now, there's a lot of talk about God's glory, but I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to know about it. I want to live in. How many of you want to live in God's manifest presence? Well, tomorrow night, And, of course, that's going to set the stage for a healing service. Because I preach the word, I lay hands on you. And thank God, because when God manifests through a person's life, that's why people come back and hear him and support their ministry. So God doesn't mind if a person gets the credit as long as God gets the glory. And nobody gets healed unless God heals them. Uh, Nobody gets anointed unless God anoints them. And I want to tell you that I have a very special message tomorrow night and then Wednesday night will be a very special miracle service. Father God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord, you gave me this message. I prepared the best I know how that you would anoint my head with oil that my cup runneth over. That power that empowers the man or woman of God to sing or preach your word, let there be an overflow of it on every recipient of it tonight. That same power will manifest in their life as they walk in that word. Oh God, let out of my belly flow rivers of living water, producing life and health in every single person that it touches, Lord God. And oh God, please, if I have found favor in your sight, let Let it be like a fire shut up in my bones that sets me on fire as I preach it. And that it sets the listener on fire to be bold with you. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. And everybody said, amen and amen. Can I ask you a very simple question? How many of you would like to be blessed in every single area of your life? If you would like that, just say, that's me. If you would like that, how many would like to see your children blessed more than you were ever blessed? How many would like to see your children like in the Old Testament until the chain was finally broken in the Old Testament? The next generation of prophets always did twice as much as the generation before them. How many would like to see your children blessed at least twice as much as you were blessed? That's my prayer. And I want to see my grandchildren blessed. How many of you would like to be a blessing? Not only be blessed, but I can't be a blessing unless... I'm blessed by God in the first place. So how many wanna be blessed by God so that you in turn can be a blessing to others? How many of you would like to see your children so blessed that they bring blessings on the entire world now and for eternity? How many would wanna be a part of something that guarantees that your children and you will have an impact on generations for decades and generations come even for eternity I would consider that a life well lived I would consider that a life that was worth living if you want that right now raise your hands in the air and give the Lord a hand clap of praise and a shout of triumph I have a very simple message but this message tonight will reveal to us how to have this become a reality in my life and I want to apologize to you if it seems a little hoiki joiky because it's a brand new message and I really tried to focus as hard as I could on it to get it down as much as I could. But, you know, you, you, there's sometimes there's just spiritual warfare and you get distracted. You know, how many of you know what I'm talking about in your mind? And, and you're trying to focus on something in your mind, just there's that warfare and you get distracted and, and things like that. Well, that went on, but that didn't discourage me. Because the more he tried to fight my memory, my thinking today, I am not receiving that as a senior moment. I'm not receiving that, that that's just a new me, and I've just got to live with that. No, sir, I believe what I believed 20 years ago, before I had three major surgeries in a little over a year's time, that that's the enemy trying to rob you of that rhema word for God's people. But you want to know something? The devil can't rob what God gives you. He can't take from you what God gives you. And if the thief be found, not only will he have to pay it back, but he'll have to pay it back seven times over over so i expect seven times the anointing on this message seven times the miracles be performed through the confirmation of your word and just this lady being present all that was said to time to this lady being present and other visitors tonight because the word of god says now this ain't the message this is free you can take this home and give this away absolutely for free because it, it's, this is, besides the message, absolutely free from the Holy Ghost. In Psalms 133, David said, now understand David's a wartime king. How many of you have really studied the life of David? He is a magnificent study. And because he was a wartime king, it seemed like there was always at least one traitor in his cabinet. How many of you noticed that? Sometimes more than one. And there was others that gave them, tried to give them advice because they just weren't very brave and they were fearful of the enemy. And I don't want to say they were a coward because there's been a times that I've acted like a coward when I should have done something. But, 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 and then he had people in his cabinet that weren't necessarily so brave. Then he had his own son try to overthrow his kingdom and try to, kill. imagine it's one thing to have somebody wanting to whack you. It's another thing when it's your own son. I mean, you so, brother. preachers always tell me, well, brother John, when you're going through spiritual warfare with, and somebody's trying to harm you a little bit, don't take it personal. You, you've heard that too, Pastor. Well, 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 you can't help but take it somewhat personal. And when it avows the enemy, when it avows the devil, I take it real personal because he's out to kill, steal, and destroy. But thank God tonight, greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. So he can't succeed. But this dear sister coming tonight guarantees an awesome service. In Psalms 133, a wartime king, I'm sure he's saying this to bring unity amongst his leaders so they could be victorious. But he declares this is a decree. Psalms 120 through Psalms 134 are called decree psalms, which, how many of you know, when a declaration ecclesiastes says where the word of the king is there is power so those 14 psalms were declaration songs in other words when they were sang, everyone recognized this was a declaration from the king and all the power of the king's throne is going to be available to back this up this is no ordinary psalm the whole army of israel if necessary was there to back this psalm up and he says behold See, really take notice how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. How good it is when the Church of God of Prophecy and the Church of God of Cleveland, Tennessee, and I don't know what church this sweet lady attends, her church, and all the visitors from different churches the Baptists, the Methodists, the Presbyterians, the catholic and they all come together because they love god and they love god's people and they want to help people find jesus how many want to help somebody find jesus as their lord and savior and david said oh behold take notice see it this is behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity that psalms 133 verse 1 So not only did God say through his servant, his prophet, that it is good and pleasant in the natural for brethren to dwell together in unity, that it pleases the king when there's unity, but also it says that it obviously pleases God. So we've already pleased the Lord by coming together from all these different denominations and churches, and people say it can't be done. Well, we're proving the devil a liar right now. On Monday night, somebody shout hallelujah. How good and pleasant it is. So it pleases God. How many of you know when you please God, something good's gonna happen to you? When you please God, something good's gotta happen. And so it pleases God when we come together in unity. Therefore, if we're in, not in unity and there's discord, it's just the opposite. It ain't good and it's not pleasant. But I don't have to discuss that tonight because that doesn't apply here tonight. And it says, it goes on to say, Pastor, it is like the precious ointment upon the head. And, and it ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the squates of his garment. Now, I know this is hoiky-joiky, but everything this week is leading towards a deeper intimacy with God in praise and worship. And when you read that, it may not make sense to you till you study the history out. You know, none of you do this, but I've been in choices that you can tell there's some people that are altar shy. You know, like a dog might be gun shy. And, um, you know, because someone shot a gun too close when they're a puppy, or they shy away because they were beaten or something. So you go to some choices, and you can tell people are altar shy. Because maybe someone came in the past and when they got prayed for, you know, were heavy handed or prayed for them in an inappropriate way. And they didn't mean no harm by it. But they, you know, or some people, they believe, you know, that they got to really just shake you and stuff. How many of you remember when you're praying through the Holy Ghost, have one person on one side saying let go. And someone on the other side shaking saying, hang on. And you're in the middle, confused witless. They weren't bad people. They loved you or they wouldn't been out there praying for you. But they were not correct in their theology and what they were doing. And probably most of the time been better off just letting you pray through the Holy Ghost. So the point that I'm saying is, is sometimes things are like that happen. And, 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 and it's not because people are bad. It's just, you know, they're not directed correctly or they have a misunderstanding of God's word. But it goes on here and it says, it is like the precious ointment upon the head. And when you study this out, I said all that about being altar shy. is because some people are noius about coming to the altar because they're nervous about someone laying their hand on their head. And they get noius about, you know, a little bit of oil in our finger being put on our forehead. And the Bible says, if there's any sick among us, let's call for the elders of the church and anointing them with oil. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. So we don't anoint your head with oil because it's some religious thing to do. It's what the Bible says to do when someone is sick that we are to anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. So I understand some people are are altar shy because maybe some bad experience, but aren't you glad that you're not in the Old Testament? Because if you were in the Old Testament and you got called to any important office, if you were prayed for by the prophet when he anointed you, He would walk up to you with a bottle with six to eight quarts of oil in it. Just about the same amount you need to give an oil change to your car. And and we do need to keep that in mind, that spiritually... We need to get an oil change once in a while. Spiritually, when we get too much and too many mouths on that past touch of God, we need to get a fresh touch of God. We need God to pour, we need to pour out into other people so that God can pour into us some fresh oil. It's good stuff. Someone says good stuff. It, it is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard even aaron's beard that went down to the squates of his garment now what is that referring to why aaron's beard well i grow i have a goatee and there's other brothers here that have beards and there's no ladies with beards but but you relate to this and the reason why his beard was mentioned is where does the beard grow it grows around the mouth And it says when there's unity in the church, we won't have to get the oil from the Bible bookstore. God says, I'm going to anoint the preacher's head with oil. And when he or she speaks, they're going to speak with power. They're going to speak with authority because there's unity in the body of Christ. That's why the devil fights unity. With everything he got, he will try to create disunity amongst individuals, amongst different churches, because he knows that the more disunity he can create, the more that he can hinder the flow of God. You see that he can't stop the devil, but he can't stop God, but we can stop God by not doing what we know to do. And when there's disunity, it hinders the flow of God, but when there's unity, it so pleases God... That God sends it all upon Aaron, that it flows down and anoints every single word that comes out of his mouth, comes out with power and authority. But it doesn't stop there. The Bible says see, there's power. There's power in unity, and there, there is victory in unity, and there is defeat in disunity. And the devil cannot defeat God's children. All he could do is try to influence how we live and then we defeat ourselves. The Bible says, what about the transgressor? The word transgress means to sin when you know better. The way of the transgressor is hard. So it doesn't mean he loses their salvation. It doesn't mean that they're no longer a Christian, but if they transgress against God, their way, their path will become difficult, not because God wants it to be difficult. Their actions make it difficult. Are you seeing that? Now, this is kind of hoiky joking, but I'm just going to give you what God's given me, and then God's going to be God. How many are glad when God shows up and shows out? I said, how many are glad when God shows up and shows out? And so uh, it says, it it is like the precious, you may like it, and I do like it when God shows up and shows out but when God changes my message midstream of just when I get introduced, that's kind of nerve wracking, you know. It's, and Pastor, have you ever had that happen to you? You know why? Because you and I, I don't know you as well as I want to know you and will get to know you over the years, but I have firmly believed my mentor Dr. T.L. Lowry, anybody ever hear of T.L. Lowry? He told me, he said, son, prayer and preparation will always equal the anointing. So I'm not going to show up to the pulpit without something prepared. Prepared to preach and I had something prepared and it's really good and you might get to hear it but you ain't gonna get to hear it tonight because God wants to stay right here on this God wants to stay right here on this and maybe it's for the next time around should the Lord Terry I don't know it says behind there's a, a lot of God's ways are not man's ways and I don't understand why God would throw a quarry ball like this unless it's something that I studied all day that God wanted me to know, for me. Maybe it's something for some future time in the future. Many times when I go on mission trips, I can't carry, I, I carry about this many sermons, with. I can't bring much with me because it's too hard to tote around. So maybe he'll bring it up somewhere down there, I don't know. But I know this is what God likes right now. It says, behold how good. How many are glad God likes us right now? How many are glad that you did something that God likes so much that God says, you know what, son? This is a very well-learned group of people, and I think what we're going to do, yeah, I'm going to go through verse 3. Thank you. And I—and these are such a learned. No, start stay in verse 1. I'm going to go all the way down through verse 3 eventually. This is such a learned people. They, can, they probably already know that, but I've got a word for them because them coming together in unity has so pleased me. I want them to understand that their act is so powerful and to so that they become aware of Satan's devices that does not allow this unity to creep in I don't want to have something minor disagreement with a brother or sister in the Lord that would hinder my child from getting saved because there wasn't Liberty in that service I don't want some disagreement with a brother or sister that would you know what I've heard it all my life that the devil bound to service And I got news for you. The devil can't bind a service. Never could, never can. The devil can't bind the Holy Ghost. The devil can't hinder the Holy Ghost. The only one that can hinder the Holy Ghost is somebody that's filled with the Holy Ghost by not yielding. It says quench not the spirit. He's not talking to the devil. He was talking to the church. The devil can, the devil can, the devil, the de- when God shows up, the devil gets so scared, he runs like a scalded dog, he pick a fight with the devil, but he'll try to deceive you and I. And he's done it to every one of us sometime or another. There are families right now where there are brothers and sisters in that family that won't even talk anymore. I know this to be a fact. Because I'm of Italian descent and I growing up as I was a kid, my aunts would get mad at each other and they'd go up to each other and go like this. And they said, and, and they said, and, and they grabbed their chin and they said, tell them, tell them off and said, and I don't, And just as they going out, they turn around and say, and I'll never forget. I just told you what I thought and what you did. And, and by the way, I'm never going to forget it. And they didn't. And they didn't talk to their deaths they didn't even attend each other's funerals over stupidity and so saints of god it can happen in the best of families it can happen in the church because we all come from diverse backgrounds we all come from different cultures i'm italian some of you may be polish or german some of you may be Southern or Northern. Some of you may be Heinz 57, you're not sure. But we're all raised around different norms and we're all raised in different choices. And, and you, you know what I'm saying? When I first got saved, I was so confused. I didn't know what to do. I was greener than grass. I'd never been in, I didn't know nothing about choice. I knew nothing about God. I was legally illiterate could only read the smallest of words could legally I couldn't read so what did I do I went to church pastor said come to church every night I came every night he's my pastor got pastor said come to revival I went to revival and, and you know what it worked it worked and so I sat in church and I looked around and I tried to figure out who really knew what they were doing and when I picked out people and I know it was the Holy Ghost that really knew what they were doing When they stood up i stood up when they sat down i sat down when they clapped i clapped when they went to dancing i didn't know no better i just went to dancing too that's what you did with church and you know what it wasn't long i started out learning from them and i started out praising because i watched them do it and i love god But after a while, you begin to develop your own dance, your own song, your own shout, because you can't dance my dance, because you ain't walked my walk. I can't dance your dance because I ain't walked your walk. There's something in our dance that's personal. The times that God healed your body at the point of death, oh, I can celebrate with you, but honey, when you think about when God spared to life, you can celebrate. When God spared your child from certain death before they were a Christian, and now they're saved, and you start praising God, oh, saints of God, there's something about that personal worship. It's gonna be a good night, behold how good How many are glad when God says something's good? That's a good thing. If if nothing else happened here tonight, we could go on tonight knowing that God looked at us and said, that's good. That can't be bad. Listen, saints, please hear me. I did not intend to go this route. And you say, well, Brother John, I am kind of upset with so-and-so and I can't quite forgive so-and-so but I hide it real good I don't I, I I'm mature enough that I make sure nobody can tell the only problem is the one that matters the most he can see it and the problem is even though that's a noble thought and really that's the only place you can start is taking control of your emotions and your actions before you react and do something that just makes things worse. You have to start there. But until you can turn it over to God. till so you can put that thing against you under the same blood that forgives you. When that person hurts you, they may need to be forgiven for that, but until you're willing to put that under the same blood that cleansed your sins away and let God cleanse that away, you're never going to forgive that person till you allow the blood of Jesus to do the work in their life that it did in your life. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm talking to you from the Lord because this is a choice with unbelievable potential. And I have grown weary as a, as a minister. I've been evangelizing for 39 years. I have I have preached over 14,000 times. Well, that's because I preach three to four hundred times a year. Some years, sometimes on mission trips, I'll preach four times in a day. So what I'm saying, I've watched painfully over the years. Jesus said, and He meant it, and it's true. Upon this rock. I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to ask you a question. What is and who is the church? This is a beautiful building. I told Pam just last night, I said, all churches ought to look like that. Well kept on the inside, well kept on the outside. When you walk in this place, you feel welcome. You, you feel like you belong. You feel like you're a part. What I'm trying to say here is you've got a lot of good things that are going on here. And I've, I've grown weary over the years of seeing choices that God promised This building's not the choice. This carpet's not the choice. Those chairs aren't the choice. Those brick walls aren't the choice. You're the choice. I'm the choice. And God says upon you, I will build my choice and the gates of hell shall not prevail. So the devil from day one has never been able to stop the choice. So why does it appear in the natural like he's prevailing? Because he's prevailing because there are principles that we're not applying. He's my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. And also this one right here. It is imperative that we forgive one another. You say, well, I don't want to, and I won't do it then you got a problem with Jesus. Because Jesus says, if you won't do that, then you ain't forgiven either. So that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying, sometimes it's easy to forgive the people we love and to forgive ourselves. But it's much harder to forgive somebody of a much lesser thing. I'm I'm just human nature. But God says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I know in my spirit that the Holy Ghost wants this preach, and I sense no disunity here. In fact, I sense just the opposite. Because there's so many different people that have come together in unity that have one thing in common: they love Jesus want to learn about Jesus, they want to glorify Jesus, and they want to bring others to Jesus. And because of that, nothing else matters to them. They can agree to disagree on all sorts of things. But now notice what it says, how good now and pleasant is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the, the, upon the head that, the, that, that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, the priest, that went down to the skirts of the garment. When there's unity, I'll change the preacher's direction when I want to. I'll make sure whoever gets up the minister that I anoint their head with all, and it'll run down and it'll just fill their beard with all, so that every word that comes out of his mouth carries the anointing of God on it. It carries the power to destroy the yokes of bondage. You see, it is the anointing, not men, that destroys the yokes. And when we have unity, there is a destroying anointing that flows out. When the man of God speaks, there's a little more. See, I don't want to ever let me have an attitude towards somebody. Even if I had to just say, you know what? I forgive you, you forgive me but you're you're fire and I'm ice we just don't groove but we can't attend the same church together we can be civil we don't we don't we just don't hang out all the are you understanding what I'm saying I'm not gonna go fishing with somebody in my off time that I don't get along with I go fishing to have fun I'm gonna go fishing with somebody that wants to catch a mess of fish and I know there's a lot of catch and release folks out there, but this old boy grew up in a family of 10 kids. If I catch it, it ain't getting released unless it's in my belly. He's going to get released all right. <laughs> Are you enjoying this? But what it says, that the anointing will get in the beard of the minister, whoever it may be, and if spiritually, that which is natural is natural, that which is spiritual is spiritual. I will anoint the woman as she speaks also it's the same principle but notice it doesn't stop flowing at the beard it flows to the hem of the skirt now guys in the bible didn't run around with squates on as we would think of but they wore tunics just like they do now in africa in india that went all the way to the ground we are the body of christ he is the head we are the body and what God is guaranteeing is the anointing when we're in unity that comes upon the preacher will be upon each and every person there in that entire church. If he talks about healing, when they leave that service and they talk to somebody about the message they heard that night, that same power, that same anointing will flow through them as it did through the minister. The same power, the same anointing that's on me is on you. That's pretty good stuff. And we don't even have to ask for it. We just have to be in unity. We just have to love one another as Christ loved us. And I really mean this. You guys are the cream of the crop. And if you got flaws, don't tell me because I don't see them. But I'm a flawed man. Hopefully not seriously flawed, but you know, what I'm trying to say is that in our humanity I thank God that God's forgiveness is greater than my humanity I don't think men should live in sin don't misunderstand what I'm saying is what what I'm excited about is that when there's unity in the body of Christ and we're all works in progress we're all in different places but we have one thing in common we're all hungry for God that, that anointing that flows from the mouth of that preacher, the, the Billy Grahams, the, the Rick Hensleys, will be on every part of the person, every person that's in the body of Christ. Jesus said that we are his body, of which he is the head. He's the head of the church, and all of us are part of his body. Therefore, the Bible says that. Because we are the body that the devil is under our feet. And if I'm just the little bitty toe in the body of Christ, guess what, folks? The devil is still under my feet. I might be the least gifted, talented person, but the devil is under my feet. Now, you're going to enjoy this. Are you enjoying this so far? Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Because I'm enjoying it. And so listen what it says. And it's like the precious ointment that was upon the head that ran down upon the beard. Even Aaron's beard that refers to the speaking of God's word, preaching, teaching, praying. When you pray God's word, how many of you, when you pray God's word, would you like your words to be anointed? I believe in praying the word of God. And it also says, and went down the squoits of his garment. So in other words, the same anointing that's on Brother Hensley is on you also.
1: No matter where
0: you're at in your growth in God, as long as you're a part of the body of Christ, the same anointing that's flowing through the speaker is in you now and on you. The same power, the same authority, no matter where you are in your progress, because you're a part of the body of Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah. Then something says here. How many believe the Lord's fixing to come back? How many believe the Lord could come back tonight and have to and do and and do and no, do no violence to his word? I believe that. But if the Lord don't come back tonight, I do know something about the future. We don't like to talk about this. Now, I firmly believe the worst, the worst is the great tribulation. I'm a post-tribulation preacher. In other words, I believe the great tribulation will be after the rapture that's my beliefs however the Bible does tell us in the end times it's going to be perilous times and some of those bad things that are going to happen after the rapture are going to be already happening before the rapture like nation divided against nation Kingdom against Kingdom Wars rumors of Wars pestilence contagious infectious deadly diseases famines just you know it just talks about several things to expect in the end times so we know that things are not going to get better as we get closer to the rapture they're going to get increasingly worse and the more we get closer to the rapture the more persecution there's going to be against the body of christ the more persecution is going to be as far as job applications, getting admitted into schools. If they know you're a Christian, all that will hinder you with man. But because God is on your side, if God is on my side, every man in the world can come against me. But if God before me, nobody can come against me. Somebody give the Lord. So God will always make sure that you get every blessing he promised you But in the end days, it's just going to be, how many believe that? It's going to be more perilous. The closer we get to the end, the more the Antichrist spirit is going to flex his demonic muscles. If he was doing it 2,000 years ago in the days of Simon Peter and the Apostle John and Paul, he's going to do it even more now, right before the rapture. It said 2,000 years ago that the Antichrist spirit was already at work. So he's working right now and so but here's the exciting thing i don't know how bad the world's gonna get before the rapture i don't think there's a preacher in the world that can truly tell you i don't believe brother Hagee can tell you definitively i don't think there's a preacher i don't think jack van Ente can tell you definitively how bad things are going to get before the rapture we just know as Bible believers, they're going to get bad. And, and, and what God says is true. And the reason why God's going to let it get bad just before the rapture is trouble will bring people to God. Problems will bring people to God. Things going on that they can't control, that they need help from God, that will bring. How many of you seen people get saved because they were in trouble and they needed God's help? And they're still saved now. Helping others get saved. I know it's wiki jokey but bear with me. I'm almost done. It's good stuff. Gotta be. It's hand delivered from the Holy Ghost tonight. It says when there's unity and and the anointing starts with the minister and the singers and the musicians and I believe the musicians is all flowing when they play guitars. But then the words are anointed which means they're powerful destroying yokes. But listen to verse number three. This is powerful y'all. As the dew of Hermon as the dew that descended upon the mountain of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. During the famine that God commanded, how did the children of Israel survive during those seven years of famine? Well, the Bible tells us that Mount Hermon is so large like Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa although it's on the equator the tops of it is so high it's snow covered and what would happen every day when the sun would come up the bottom the crust of that snow would start warming up and it would start melting and it would start flowing down and it was called the dew of Mount Hermon so, the dew of the mountain, a blessing, and God's children would go out and scoop up that dew, and that dew was enough to feed them and their families, water, their livestock. Can I get a witness, saints of God? Can I get a witness tonight? God's saying, when there's unity, I used a mountain to keep my people alive. By melting snow for seven years. If I have to do that again, I can do it again. I'll make sure that you're taken care of. I'll make sure no matter how bad things get. As the dew of Hermon and the dew that descended upon the mountain of Zion, or my, the word Zion means holiness. It's all over the New Testament. And God kept his people alive from the water that flowed down the sides of the mountain of holiness. And I'm telling you, holiness is still God's standard. And God will water from as the dew of Hermon and the dew that descended upon the mountain of Zion. For there, the Lord commanded the blessing. Now, let me explain something here. Last night, God really touched you. And when I laid hands on you, I felt God touch you. And you felt it. But it was God touching you through a man. In fact, I felt the Lord touch every single person I prayed with last night. And I'm sure Brother Hensley can testify to the same. You see, but it's one thing when Brother Hensley or Brother Richardson lays hands on you. That's God flowing through a human vessel. That's God flowing through an earthen vessel, which means weak. It can also mean doit, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It's great that God flows through people. But when God commands a blessing. When I lay hands on you and speak a blessing over you, when you pray for one another and speak a blessing over that person, that's powerful. That's something we need to do on a daily basis. It needs to be a regular part of our lives. We need to bless our children. We need to bless our families. We need to bless our spouse every single day. But when God commands a blessing, when God commands something to happen, there ain't nothing that can stop something that God has commanded. So when we have unity, God starts saying let so and so be healed let so and so be delivered let so and so's family be saved let so and so's child be saved let so and so get a breakthrough let so and so have a victory when God commands a blessing it always happens now listen and I'm going to close right now this is a good word from the Lord all of it starts when brethren dwell together in unity Because it pleases the Lord. And how many of you know if unity pleases God, then unity makes the devil mad? How many are glad that when we come together in unity, it causes the devil to get mad and get scared? But now I want you to hear this. I'm going to close right here. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life evermore. There's nothing that creates unity like praise and worship either than the Holy Ghost. But when we come together and praise and worship, and we all sing the same songs, now our spirit man, which is already perfect in God and don't need any improvement, but my flesh needs improvement, that's why I have to crucify it daily. When we come together and voluntarily use our flesh to begin to praise God and our minds, which is our soul, and our emotions, which is our soul, to voluntarily praise God, now God can do in our mind and our body what he's already done in our spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. Are, are, are you hearing this? I know it's slightly horky jokey, but it's okay. Because this was the only thing that God would have allowed me to preach. And I would not have wanted to preach anything else. And the Lord commanded the blessings, even life evermore. So in a moment, I'm going to do the only thing I know to do at this moment. You've come together in unity. We're about to all come to the altar. Now, I'm going to lay hands on some of you. but the Hensley will lay hands on some of you. But I will lay hands on no one. No one quickly. I lay hands on no man. Whenever I come through an altar and pray for somebody, I feel direct to the Lord to lay hands on that person at that moment. I lay hands on no man suddenly. So when we pray for you tonight, we have to know in your heart that God is directing that blessing, commanding that blessing. That's why we've come to you. Because all we're doing is just being his hands extended. But listen to this last few words here. Even Life forevermore. In other words, God guarantees us, if we're Christians, abundant life now and eternal life forever. Well, when we get to heaven, we we won't have to operate in faith. We'll be in heaven. That's going to already happen. But abundant life requires our faith. But you know what else this means? Life evermore. It means when we're in unity, if a lost person comes through those doors they will sense the anointing they will be drawn by the anointing they will be brought to the altar of salvation because of the unity that's there there will be everlasting life being poured into people's life left and right because there's unity in the body saints of god let me ask you a question if your lost loved one came through that door Wouldn't you be excited tonight that there's unity in this church and there's nothing hindering them from getting saved? Do you understand? This unity, we get over it. We get forgiven of it. We get over it. But how many lost people come through the doors and they don't get saved because there's not that liberty to get saved. In other words, when there's unity in the church, people will start getting saved because I will cause people to be drawn to the altar because of your unity. Your children will be saved. Your spouses will be saved. Your brothers and sisters will be saved. There will be everlasting life forevermore. And I know it's hoiky-joiky, but please bear with me. I have a very powerful message, but what a message tonight. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I want to ask you now, how many of you want to make sure as far as you can that when your lost loving walks in this door, and they will, because God promises that you and your household shall be saved, that there would be nothing present. That would hinder their salvation and you see i've seen it and i'm going to close here i'm serious guys this is so important it don't exist here but an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure i have seen it hundreds of times i don't know how many times you've seen it brother hensley as evangelists i see it because i'm in church more but i've seen men and women alike i won't it's gender neutral. i'm not gender neutral but this subject is pray for a lost spouse pray like crazy for a lost spouse or lost child then show enough show enough that husband or wife gets saved or that child gets saved and that very same person will do something and get involved with something that creates division in the church and the church splits and that baby christians never seen. In fact, they often leave with these words, and they're, I'll never enter a church again. So, our lack of unity can prov- cause baby Christians to lose out with God. And saints of God, you know what? Unless it's a matter of, of salvation, me getting my way on something, it ain't worth someone going to hell. Me, me, it's not worth someone going to hell. Do you hear me? So I don't know because this has been an unusual service. Thank you for letting me preach this because I've seen it by the hundreds. They get saved, then the priest gets involved in a split and the person they prayed for for years never comes back to church again. After God answered their prayer, I don't want that to happen to you. So I don't know what song they're going to sing. I know what I'm going to preach tomorrow night. I know I'm going to preach it. It has to be because God's taking this church somewhere. God's taking you to uncharted territory that very few have ever gone. But I'm going to ask you right now, praise and worship. When we're praising God and we're singing that same song, it's those few moments in every service where all of our minds are on the same thing. While when we're preaching sometimes, someone might think, well, it's getting a little long. No, I'm not saying that mean. I've sat in church and I think I'm fairly spiritual and thought about a Big Mac at McDonald's. <laughs> come on, I'm I'm being honest. didn't think about a Big Mac right then and there, but I actually crossed my mind. I'll go to Big Mac. We get easily distracted. We come in with all these problems from our day. We come in with all these things going on in our lives and and we don't even enter into the worship service because... Mm-hmm. We're thinking about something. And sometimes we're singing. We've all done it. We sing through the whole worship service. And because we had so much on our mind, we came to church. We sang. But as soon as the worship started, we don't even remember what we said. Because we were so distracted. But right now, we have the mind of Christ. And the mind be being Christ being you also. Now listen. So we're in perfect unity. We come to this altar tonight. And we begin to praise God. Let us do everything we can to focus totally on the words of that song as we sing them to the master. Because at that moment, if we do that, everybody in that room will have the exact same focus. We'll have the exact same thing on their mind. We'll be in total unity in what they're saying to God. We'll have total unity in what we're thinking. Worship is one of the few opportunities in any service for that to happen. How many would like to see that happen? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I believe as we do it, God's going to heal somebody. No, I don't, I don't believe it. I know it. God's going to heal somebody that's not even, God's going to heal some people in this building, but God's going to heal some people that aren't even in this building tonight because they're related to you. As we come in unity and start singing and our minds are completely unified in that song. Because we're all singing the same word for the same reason. We love God. That God's going to start drawing that backslidden child back to the house of God. That backslidden loved one. So if you'd be so kind, would you stand to your feet right now across this room? Thank you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you so much for your patience. I know it's difficult when a preacher gets changed his direction.